Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the show. Glad you're with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A big announcement earlier this morning that has nothing to do with sports, but in Jeffersonville um, and for the Southern Indiana area, really for the region, for the state of Indiana, the parent company of Facebook, Meta Platforms Incorporated. You might have seen that Meta logo a little bit more if you're on social media. Is that That's the parent company of of the uh, Facebook platform that all of us use so much. Uh, They plan to build an $800 million data center at the River Ridge Commerce Center, which is going out 62 there between the north end of Jeffersonville and obviously out to Charlestown. That whole corridor is booming uh, from a commercial perspective. Uh, So many new businesses industries, restaurants, and of course housing following that now. Uh, Just an amazing deal what River Ridge has meant to the area. Again, it has nothing to do with sports, but it makes our place a better place to live. And when that happens, everything gets better. The sports get better. uh, Families growing up here get better. Kids growing up here, I should say, get better and uh, just help strengthen the area. So outstanding announcement for uh, Mayor Mike Moore, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb, all of Jeffersonville, all of Kentuckyana, uh, and all of the state. And really, Indiana's kind of been a leader in, in AI, artificial intelligence, in many ways. And I guess that's a part of this uh, Facebook meta uh, data center that's coming into Jeffersonville. But just amazing uh, announcement after announcement there to bring lots of jobs and lots of uh, work to uh, Jeffersonville and beyond. Glad you're with us for this Thursday show. The rain continues, kind of dreary out there. Fog was terrible uh, today, and it still is here in the 11 o'clock hour. So be careful if you're on the road right now listening to this show. I know we got a lot of people that might be in their vehicles a lot that are with us uh, on uh, the each day, really, but Thursdays especially. And uh, so be careful if you're out on the road. I uh, had to drive up to Georgetown earlier, and it uh, it definitely, even here midday, is uh, still a little difficult to see, a little difficult to get around. So make sure you slow it down and uh, build some extra travel time into wherever you might be headed, headed out uh, later today. Let's look at the show lineup. For today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, in just a moment, we'll have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll talk about Illinois and Northwestern last night. Of course, Illinois is the next opponent for the Hoosiers, and they had their hands full, and they were defeated at Northwestern last night. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about Kellel Ware. Still don't know anything more on his injury, his update, his status for the game 
on Saturday, but uh, some good news as far as his NBA prospectus goes. Uh, last night, remember earlier in the week I talked about Noah Washington, the unbelievable eighth grader at Scribner Middle School, set to feed into New Albany High School. Uh, he had an outstanding performance last night. I got to see just the first quarter or so before I had to go on to something else, another commitment last night. But uh, we'll talk about that uh, because, uh, man, he is really, really making some waves. And I want to talk about the uh, Scribner Hazelwood game in general that was at the New Albany Doghouse last night as well. We'll do that here in the opening segment. Later today, Alex Bozich inside the hall with us to talk IU. We'll preview IU Illinois. We'll get into Illinois' team now that Terrence Shannon is back. Um, really a surprising loss in some ways last night to Northwestern, especially with uh, Terrence Shannon back. I think that was his second game back. Uh, Illinois top 10 in the country. I think they are number 10 right now. But then when you stop and look at it and who this Northwestern team is, I believe it was their second win at home over a top 10 team in college basketball this season. So as you think about what's ahead for Indiana, a team that desperately needs wins and desperately needs some resume pieces, uh, man, this Big Ten Conference, it seems down overall this year. There have definitely been some question marks as we've gotten back into conference play. But it's not easy, um, especially on the road. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well with Alex when he is with us. And then uh, always on Thursdays, we've got Steve Kerber, great basketball gentleman here in southern Indiana, former head coach at Christian Academy. He's been an assistant at a lot of different schools in the area. And we're going to talk through a lot of high school basketball with Steve when he joins us a little bit later in the hour today. Just a lot of big weekend shaping up for teams as we start to think about the postseason. A lot of headlines that I don't always get to on the show because of time. Steve's kind of with us each week to kind of delve into some of those and make sure that we're giving recognition to a lot of different schools. And uh, so we'll do that today with Steve. A lot of things to chat with him about coming up later in the show. That's the lineup, the service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. Check out Honeybaked Tam in New Albany today for a delicious lunch. They have wonderful sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honeybaked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You know we love to hear from you. Some days on the text line are busier than others. Here lately, it's been uh, after games. The day after, the next day, uh, fans are pretty ticked at some things with this IU team. So questions, comments, whatever it may be, and it doesn't just have to be Indiana. Uh, all Most of the texts we get are IU-focused, but would love to get some questions and comments on local stuff and high school basketball as we really get into a good time of year for that stuff as well. Uh, the text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, the number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Some of our Hoosier headlines today, we were just talking about this yesterday with Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, but Kellel Ware been consistent this year, uh, averaging 14.2 points a game, uh, 9.4 rebounds a game. He's averaging 31 minutes per game. Of course, he transferred to Bloomington from Oregon 
last season where he didn't necessarily have the freshman season that you would think he might based off his hype coming out of high school, his height and his length and all the things put together. Uh, you probably maybe would have thought he would have been a one-year deal in college basketball. One season at Oregon, who's put a lot of guys to the league, uh, that seemed like a great path for him. It didn't work out well last year. He played, he was a part of things, but he wasn't the key that maybe you thought he would be like he has been for Indiana this season. Now, obviously, he's injured right now. He's a huge piece to this team. I don't see a way, really, that uh, Indiana wins this game without Kell Elware back in the lineup at some reasonable health, but you never know. So we don't know what the situation is for Saturday, but we were talking about his NBA draft prospectus and that one thing good for him this season, in addition to having some great games for the Hoosiers, is that he really has helped himself, I think, as far as the draft goes coming up in June. Jonathan Gavoni and Jeremy Wu of ESPN, two of the great draft guys I pay attention to. They've got Kellel at number 24, and they write, to Ware's credit, this is a quote here, he's been productive this season while playing under a microscope in Indiana, handling significant minutes and showcasing the length and mobility that have always made him interesting. However, he hasn't fared well in his most difficult matchups against some of college basketball's better bigs, including Clinigan and Kansas's Hunter Dickinson. The biggest on-court question for Ware will be proving he can handle that level of physicality, a challenge he'll continue to face nightly in the Big Ten. Ware's languid motor has been somewhat improved, but finding ways to help drive winning and embracing more of the dirty work would solidify him as a first-round worthy developmental pick. The Athletic, they've got him at number 36. The Bleacher Report, that's Jonathan Wasserman, who we pay attention to. He's got him at number 24 as well. So he's a fringe first-round pick. I've seen him higher than that and some of the others that I didn't mention here today, but uh, he definitely is uh, on the radar. Uh, Yahoo Sports, Kristen Peake, she has him at number 22 in the draft. Uh, SB Nation has him as high as number 19 uh, in the draft. CBS Sports has him at number 24. So uh, that gives you a look at where Kellel where is at as far as the NBA draft. Obviously, we expect him, I think we all do, to declare for the draft and uh, be gone next season. I think he will get drafted when it's all said and done in a in a uh, situation that he is, is definitely happy with. So, But a little bit there on Kellel Ware. Also, last night, a uh, big middle school game in the area, uh, Scribner and Hazelwood. I had to stop by and uh, announce Hazelwood's eighth grade night, which is always fun to go back to the new Albany doghouse. I didn't get there until right between the seventh and eighth grade games last night. And just to tell you how excited new Albany is, and really I think fans in general about some of the future talent in that program. Uh, when I pulled into the parking lot, right again, right between the seventh and eighth grade game, I thought, man, is there a varsity game going on? I didn't know about is this game in the auxiliary gym. Is there some other big athletic event on the campus of new Albany high school tonight? What in the world are all these cars here for just for a middle school game? Walked into the gym and it looked like an outstanding crowd. I saw someone say that they uh, thought 1,300 people uh, was the attendance last night for a middle school doubleheader 
last night. Uh, I don't know that it was 1,300, but it, it was a good crowd. It was a really good crowd. It would have filled up Scribner's gym last night. So I mentioned this because uh, Noah Washington, eighth grader for Scribner, uh, Scribner absolutely uh, blew past Hazelwood. They did earlier in the season as well. So it wasn't a great game as far as competition goes. But uh, I don't know the stats, but I saw some video from last night. Again, I only could watch the first quarter of the game before I had to move on. Uh, but Noah had some unbelievable dunks. I mean, he does not look like a an eighth grader out there uh, should be able to be doing those things. But he was outstanding and uh, just a really cool environment for a middle school game. I think it's great when River Valley Parkview play at Jeff High School. I think it's Hazelwood Scribner are able to play at New Albany High School. Those interactions with uh, those gymnasiums and the high school coaching staffs are all wonderful. And again, a lot of talent in the middle school levels right now here locally. You never know how it's all going to shape out. And the case with Noah, yes, he is really, really good. And there will be lots of people that want him to attend their high school, whether they're recruiting him illegally or whether they uh, you know, are a prep-type school or an elite high school that plays one of these national schedules. A lot like Romeo, he's going to have that vibe, that discussion around him. But man, he is improving. He is growing. Um, his uh, length is uh, amazing and somebody you really want to get out and watch. I told Kurt Meyer, the middle school athletic director at uh, New Albany, uh, the two New Albany schools last night, I said, hey, Clark Floyd tournament, I don't know what the bracket looks like or where the championship game will be, but if this really good Scribner seventh grade team with a player named Carson Studemeyer are involved and Noah Washington, the eighth grader involved, you ought to try to get that move to New Albany High School again so you can have a bigger gym and a bigger atmosphere uh, for those seventh and eighth grade Clark Floyd championship games. I would encourage listeners, New Albany people or not, get out and see those championship games. It's fun to see the next generation of players here locally. And again, it's not just with the two new Albany schools, Scribner especially, uh, River Valley, Parkview, Floyd Central, Highland Hills is their middle school. Uh, they all have some talent moving through right now, and it's going to be an exciting time to see the next uh, group of players that can move through these high school programs. So definitely last night was fun. Wish I could have saw the entire ball game, but uh, it was a good night for Noah Washington and uh, for New Albany basketball, at least the future of it. Did get a chance to talk with Coach Jason Jones, a new New Albany coach, and I tell you what, guy coming in in his first year, uh, there was some unknown about the New Albany roster this season. Uh, we were talking about some of the players that have really stepped up this year uh, and gained some confidence, but 11-3 and are the Bulldogs heading into a weekend with Evansville North and Jasper, uh, both around 500, and uh, Coach Jones is going to join us on the Friday program for a mid-season update on the Bulldogs, but it was great to run into him. Sounds like he and his wife and family are settling in here in the New Albany area. And um, I did ask him, we'll talk about this tomorrow. I said, Coach Jones, in all the different states and levels of high school basketball that you have coached across the country, have you ever played in a postseason? Because we were talking about Seymour and Jeff and Floyd Central and all the teams that make up the conference, and most of them make up the sectional. I said, have you ever played in a postseason situation where it's not seeded to start out? And he said that he he never had. You know, he said never never had for sure. So uh, we'll take his opinions on that because this guy's been around a little bit of high school basketball and other places. And if there is one knock or at least question mark about our high school basketball processes. I know a lot of people will say class basketball, we shouldn't have it. We should have one class, two classes, whatever. But if there's one knock about the current model, because I don't think it's going to change, 
um, you know, I think you could probably say that non-seeding in the sectionals uh, hurts a lot of teams and a lot of sports and a lot of situations when you're trying to build the bracket and to really get some good matchups and make things fair to get things rolling uh, in postseason play. But Coach Jones will be with us tomorrow. I thought that was an interesting thing to mention as well. That's a look at some of the headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Oh, I did want to mention last night Northwestern, a 96-91 winner over number 10 Illinois uh, West uh, Northwestern, I should say, now 14 and five. Illinois also 14 and five, heading into their ball game with Indiana coming up on Saturday. So uh, Northwestern looked really good. Uh, overtime game, a uh, lot of points scored in the overtime. Uh, Northwestern had 20 points in the overtime period. Illinois had 15 points in the overtime period. Uh, again, a high-scoring affair, especially in the second half and in the overtime period. Um, but uh, Northwestern's good. Uh, they are going to be a challenge for Indiana and uh, Illinois, I think, with Terrence Shannon back. Uh, and I know last night he was getting just absolutely ate up on the court with guilty chants and things of that nature uh, that I heard on the broadcast and read about earlier this morning, but uh, Illinois is good, and with him back, they are a different ball club, but uh, Northwestern able to get the best of them last night, and of course, Indiana has a date coming up with Illinois on Saturday, so we'll talk about some in the next segment with Alex Bozich. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a question or a comment for Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall or really anything you want to sound off on, you can text it into the show each day during the 11 o'clock hour. Stay with us. We'll be back with Alex Bozich, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll get into lots more on IU basketball as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday show. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture with locations two in New Albany, downtown, and the new location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex is with us Thursdays as we talk the latest in IU basketball. Alex, in the first segment, kind of going through some of the headlines today, I mentioned an eighth-grade player at Scribner named Noah Washington, and you're a New Albany graduate like me, and you covered Romeo Langford because of Indiana and the recruitment really from his middle school years moving forward and probably knew who Romeo was even before that. Have you heard? I know you're not in New Albany these days, but you're not far away. Have you heard about Noah Washington? Have you seen some of the highlights? And is he maybe the next uh, big name here, a generational-type player in southern Indiana? I have heard the name, have seen some of the highlights. Um, as you know, I don't really try to watch kids until they're um, – I don't think I saw Romeo until he was a freshman and actually playing for New Albany. Uh, I think I went over his freshman year to a practice and watched and saw a couple games that year. So not going to go watch a middle school kid, but he definitely sounds like uh, he's – 
got a lot of talent, as you know, Matt, with, with these things. It's, <clears throat> there's a long way to go in terms of the development of any player. Um, and there's going to be, uh, you know, obviously uh, a long road ahead in terms of his development. But, you know, you, just from watching a little bit of couple couple uh, highlights, he definitely seems like a super talented kid and uh, a lot of uh, things in terms of uh, his physical attributes that you simply can't teach. And uh, that's, that's a big part of getting uh, to be a, a high-level prospect, having those tools. A lot of that's God-given ability. And, uh, you know, I'll, he'll, he'll definitely be a player that I continue to, to monitor and track and, and hopefully – uh, you know, as you know, I'm not a don't like to call myself a fan, but I am a fan of New Albany basketball because that's where I went, and hopefully, uh, he'll uh, he'll be an impact player there for the Bulldogs here in the next couple of years. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Also in our headlines today, we talked some about the Northwestern Illinois game last night. Northwestern at home knocked off the Fighting Illini with Terrence Shannon. I believe it was their second win over a top 10 ranked team in college basketball at home this season. So the Big Ten may not be what it was a year or two ago, and it may be have some question marks with teams that normally are banner teams in the conference, but night in and night out, it is still a tough a tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows the importance of for Indiana, you know, of being able to defend your home court and win and win games. I know the Hoosiers have only lost one Big Ten home game this year, two total home games uh, against, you know, obviously two really elite teams in Purdue and Kansas. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that's going to be important moving forward just for Indiana to be able to protect its home court. But Northwestern is, you know, they're not the – most talented team and it's really taken Chris Collins a long t- period of time and most programs wouldn't probably have <laughs> excuse me put up with a lot of the losing seasons that he had there but Northwestern obviously not a program with a ton of tradition and him being able to get them to their first NCAA tournament you know back in those days where they had Bryant McIntosh um, th- th- those were impressive uh, it was impressive to see him do that. And, and now uh, it looks like he's got a chance to go back-to-back NCAA tournaments, which is not something that Northwestern's obviously ever done. So they continue to be a, a really good team. Uh, Indiana plays them, I believe, later in the season at home, and they're just fun to watch for me because they play the right way. They defend uh, for the most part, and uh, Boo Booey uh, is one of the better point guards, not just in the Big Ten but in the country. So good win for them, and as you said, it kind of speaks to – just how difficult it's it's going to be uh, to win on the road in the Big Ten, and to you know, to me, I, I think this is kind of the stretch of the season where I, I feel like Purdue's going to separate itself because Illinois and Wisconsin are obviously right there in the mix with them in the standings. But I think Purdue um, is the best of those three teams, and I, I see them starting to kind of pull away in the conference race here and then in the in the weeks to come because I, I think Purdue's. Obviously, they've lost at Northwestern and Nebraska, but I feel like they've gotten better on the road here recently, and I think they've, they've got another uh, gear that they can hit in terms of being able to win games away from Mackey Arena. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall, the latest on IU basketball each Thursday when he's with us here on the radio show. Um, what would success look like the rest of the way for Indiana? 
I know most will say anything that doesn't end with an NCAA appearance, at least, is a failure of a season for Mike Woodson and the coaching staff. But I think you and I hammered it out pretty well last week. I simply don't see Indiana as an NCAA tournament team this year. Um, I just don't. And I think most people would agree with that sentiment, including all the people out there that do bracketology on a regular basis. So for this to look good for next year, to build on recruiting and transfer portal and uh, future seasons, I guess you say for Mike Woodson, what what is success between now and the end of the year? I mean, I, what I just mentioned, is, is part of it to me is be able to defend your home court. I mean, Indiana, if they win the rest of their home games, they've got six left, I believe. They can be a 500 team in the Big Ten. I mean, that obviously that's a that's a lot to ask. Um, but you know, that that to me is at least something a goal that's it's it's out there. And you know, if if they're able to do that, even if they weren't able to win on the road again, you know, to be five a turnaround from from where they've been uh, so far, just in terms of the traje- trajectory of the season. I think the other thing, uh, you know, that you kind of have to look at is are they going to be able to pick up another road win or two? It's not looking particularly promising given what's left. They do have opportunities to go to, you know, Minnesota and Penn State, but really Penn State's the only Big Ten team right now that's not playing particularly well. And they did, they did just beat Wisconsin at home not too long ago. So not going to be easy to win any more road games. I think if Indiana was able to win a couple more road games, that would be, uh, a really uh, solid development. But, you know, I, I think I agree with you in, in, the, in the standpoint of not realistic at this point, barring a major turnaround or a deep run in the Big Ten tournament to expect this team to go to the NCAA tournament. But I do think they can at least play better and give some give fans, you know, a product on the floor that, that they're happy to watch and, um, you know, get, build some maybe some, some uh, excitement uh, moving into the offseason because, uh, expectations, obviously, in Indiana every year to make the tournament. This team is not headed in that direction, but uh, I think they still need to continue to fight and show some some positive things here the rest of the way. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall, let's talk about Illinois coming up this weekend. Terrence Shannon, at least for now, is back. Um, they're a different ball club with him, although it's going to be a, a teed-off Illinois team, I would say, after losing to Northwestern last night in overtime. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a great they're you know a great team with Shannon. They were a good team without him uh, for that stretch where he was unavailable. Now that he's back, he gives them just a totally uh, different dimension um, and gives them uh, you know to me the second best player in the Big Ten behind Zach Eady and a guy that could be an All American uh, first or second team when it's all said and done. Uh, I like the way they play. You know, they play a smaller. Uh, lineup with Coleman Hawkins at the five. I think that's given them a lot more uh, versatility offensively and just kind of given them a different dimension there. I like to get up the court, up and down the court, uh, shoot a lot of threes. And it's a really tough game for Indiana because obviously Indiana's going to go with that bigger lineup and uh, they're going to be able to guard them in transition and fast break, take care of the ball. Um, uh, you know, it's not a great matchup. Obviously, they have to account for Indiana's bigs too and, and be able to guard them. But, you know, Illinois is just a, I think a well-constructed team from a roster perspective. They do have some bigs that they can bring in off the bench if needed, but they've chosen to kind of go with a, you know, a smaller lineup. And I think they have a ton of versatility and they have good size too, kind of on the wing. And 
Uh, they're a tough matchup. They're, they're a team, in my opinion, um, outside of Purdue, they're, they're the second best team in the league. I mean, obviously Wisconsin's been playing well, but, you know, when I, when I sit down probably in March to start looking at my bracket, they'd be a team that I would, I would trust a little bit more than Wisconsin going into the tournament. Alex Bozich inside the hall joining us. Uh, Keldell Ware, I mentioned his NBA, NBA prospectus earlier today. You had a summary of all the different NBA mocks that are out there right now, where they have where, and some of the comments uh, on uh, maybe why he is or isn't in some cases a first-round draft pick. Um, any update on his health status, number one, and then number two, any comments on what you put together there as far as the NBA for where? I assume this is a one-year deal at Indiana where, given the remarks he's getting and covering around, depending on who you trust as a first-round pick at this point, I assume he will move on to professional ball after this season. Yeah, in terms of his health status, he's uh, starting to get back on the court and do some things. I don't think he's doing contact yet, but I, I think the expectation is that he's moving in the direction of being hopefully available to play on Saturday. Mike Woodson didn't say that for sure, but that was the sense I got from listening to him speak this morning. Uh, they're optimistic that he's going to be able to go. In terms of his NBA draft stock, you know, I, I really kind of just wanted to see what, what was out there, and I, I – Every mock draft that I looked at had him in the first round. So, uh, you know, it's not the case uh, like it was with Chase Jackson Davis in terms of this is going to be a guy that's going to have to go prove himself at the combine or, uh, you know, right now he's viewed as, as being, uh, you know, a first-round pick by most. Obviously, you got to have a team say they want you in the first round to actually become one. But uh, the talent has never been a question with him. I think he's answered some of the the, que the questions in terms of the motor and just kind of um, playing hard this year. Um, so I, I think really for him, the rest of the season is about, uh, you know, a lot of these projections have him in the 20s. I mean, can he take his game to another level? Obviously that would help Indiana on the court with winning, but it would also help him potentially as he kind of moves on to – what we believe will be the next step in his career this offseason going into the draft. I mean, if he has a really strong close to the season, maybe he can move himself up to the uh, the teams, the late lottery, maybe get a team that really likes him and, and is encouraged about what he's able to bring. But you can't just you can't teach his size and, and versatility. I, I, I would like to see him continue to get stronger, but I think that's going to obviously come uh, at a later time um, when he's well past his days at Indiana. I think he's got another level that he could reach in terms of being, a, you know, he's been a good rebounder. I think he could be a really good rebounder. And I think he could also be much more effective as a shot blocker, but he's, he's still a young guy. Um, he's got a, you know, a kind of a wiry frame, not, not going to easily put on weight, but I think that's something down the line that an NBA team uh, will want to do for him. And I think he's got a chance to be a really solid pro uh, one day. Alex, it's natural whether you're having a really good season or struggling uh, to look ahead at the roster and who who is going, who could potentially be staying, like Kellel, who could be an NBA draft pick potentially. I guess if you look at the roster right now, the only players that Indiana is definitely set to lose would be Xavier Johnson and Anthony Walker. Uh, there are others that could be up in the air, and obviously the transfer portal is – added a whole nother level to uh, 
what can happen in the offseason, but can you kind of take us through the, the current IU roster as we think ahead beyond this year uh, to what uh, the re- the returning situation could be like, or be like or what it potentially could be like for next season? Yeah, it's, it's something I've started to think a little bit about. Uh, there's just uh, I, this isn't specific to Indiana, but I think it maybe gets magnified a little bit more when you're having a season that's not going particularly well. People start to think about you know next season already, and I'm seeing a lot of that discussion already, kind of in our uh, community that we have at Inside the Hall, and uh, people talking on social media. And I, I think there's a there's just a ton of questions to answer. I mean, you look at obviously you mentioned uh, Johnson and. Walker moving on based on eligibility issues. And then you think about other guys that could potentially uh, leave via the transfer portal, the guys that could go pro early. We mentioned Ware, McKenzie, and Baco is obviously one who we thought before the season could be a potential one and done. He said as much. I don't think he's, he's not really being looked at as that right now from a professional perspective. Does he try to, you know, go and, and become a pro? You know, does, does he want to come back for another season? I think that's a question that needs to be answered. Trey Galloway's got an option to come back for a fifth year. I think, um, you know, from everything I've heard, that, that would be his plan to do that. Malik Renew has been terrific this season as a sophomore. Uh, you know, what are his plans beyond this season? I think he's really a guy that Indiana needs to make sure comes back next year. So I'm sure that'll be a priority. And then kind of looking a little bit further down the roster, I mean, CJ Gunn and Caleb Banks are guys that, you know, haven't developed to really um, in, inside the program yet. And uh, I think Indiana wanted both of those guys to be bigger parts of this year's team, and it hasn't really worked out. Um, so what? Are, what? What? Are, what's their mindset going into the off season, and what do they want to do? I mean, Gabe Cup seems like a guy that's definitely going to be a, a long-term piece in Bloomington. So just a ton of questions and a lot of uncertainty. But I don't think that's exclusive to Indiana. I think it's going to kind of be the theme of where we are headed in college basketball right now with the portal. And, you know, Matt, when the season ends for Indiana, whether that be in the Big Ten tournament, the NIT, the NCAA tournament, wherever uh, a particular season ends up, uh, you know, we've now got this extended season that we're going to be, uh, you know, through at least, you know, early May, maybe early June in some cases, talking about roster construction and the portal. So, uh, it's not going away. I think this year it's going to be even under a bigger microscope for Indiana. What they're able to do in the portal this spring is going to uh, be big, and I, I, it won't be long. Once the season ends and we start hearing some names, we'll probably see some guys enter the portal, and we'll probably see uh, Indiana start to really heavily pursue a lot of these guys. So uh, that's really kind of what the next step is with this season. Once it ends, it obviously doesn't seem like it's going to end with you know, much in terms of success and moving on to the postseason. So I think the the thing that people are already starting to think about is how is it all going to go down from a portal perspective, who's coming and going, and uh, it'll it'll all happen in a short amount of time. But Indiana's got a lot, ton of work to do just in terms of shoring up the roster for next season because there's not a ton of sure things coming back. Yeah, good point. Going to be interesting. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment each week is presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. They have locations, two of them in downtown New Albany, the new location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, always great to catch up, uh, and uh, we encourage listeners to read InsideTheHall.com and follow you on social media at InsideTheHall, and uh, we'll do it again next Thursday.
All right, sounds good, Matt. Thanks. Have a good day. All right, Alex is with us on Thursdays. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Coach Steve Kerberg, a great friend of high school basketball here in the area. Lots of things to talk about uh, as far as our local teams go as we head into a big weekend of hoops and we head into girls' sectionals coming up here. Hard to believe next week it is postseason basketball for the ladies here across the Hoosier State. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday show. Steve Kerberg with us. He joins Thursdays in this segment as we get you ready for the weekend of high school basketball ahead. And Steve is just a great basketball guy in our area, so it's fun to have him with us uh, each week here on the show. Coach, we're going to try to cover a lot of ground today, a lot of topics that I know you'd like to talk about as we uh, start to head to the final month of regular season basketball. And uh, I'm just going to run through some of these with you. But Clarksville, a team that we don't talk about a lot, they are actually overachieving this season. There was a last-minute coaching change. They've had a couple of big wins in a row, and I know they play South Central on Saturday. I know you like Levi Carmichael, the AD, and coming in as a coach there last minute. He's a guy with a lot of experience and a lot of success under his belt. Hey, hey I couldn't I couldn't say enough of good things about them. I, I, I watch a lot of uh, film from a lot of teams in the area, and I'm just – thoroughly impressed with the job that they've done um he's put together a great coaching staff too and uh i would i would i would say that they've uh, done a phenomenal job this year um i believe the record is uh i think it's six and nine maybe somewhere around there but they've done a great job with the team that they have this year and uh, i'm really impressed with the game plan that they you you can see a specific game plan for every uh opponent that they face and i've been uh, really impressed with the job they've done. Yeah, Tony Bennett, former Scottsburg coach, his wife Tina, the superintendent of Clarksville Schools. He's helping Levi. I know a lot and uh, a good coaching staff, though. You're right for uh, Clarksville. Another team we don't talk about probably as much as we should, uh, but definitely in our area, Borden. They are 10-5 and five under Doc Nash, one of the great coaches here in southern Indiana. They had a good win over Henryville recently, and they've got a big weekend against Orleans and Christian Academy. And I'll really be keeping an eye on that uh, Borden-Christian Academy game. That could be a sectional championship-type feel to that game. Uh, but two really good teams will play there this weekend, and Borden having another nice campaign. Absolutely. I, I would consider Coach Nash a friend, um, you know, and, and the highest compliment that I could give him is, you know, if I had a son, I would love my son to play for him the way he pushes pushes uh, his players and, and seems to really love his players. And um, he, he, he does a phenomenal job year in and year out. And 
to 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 host Orleans on Friday, and uh, I, I believe Orleans is fourth in the state right now, and Christian Academy on Saturday, third in the state. Um, that's that's a that's a, a true a true definition of a test and uh, uh, something that can prepare you for what a sectional would look like. Having to play a tough team on Friday night, turn around a new scout on Saturday, um, but yeah, that, that's going to be a test for Borden. But sitting at ten and five, you know. Coaching his son again this year, Kasem is 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 just a tremendous player, and uh, he can score from everywhere on the court, and just very crafty and creative with the way he can score baskets. Steve Kerberg, my guest, we're talking high school basketball here in Clark and Floyd Counties. Next team is a team I mentioned earlier. Ran into Coach Jones last night at the Big Scribner Hazelwood game at the New Albany Doghouse. I don't know what more you could ask for to replacing a Hall of Fame coach, Jim Shannon. Uh, he's got the team at 11-3 and three this year, and New Albany should pick up, is the favorite to pick up two more wins this weekend. They're at Evansville North on Friday. They'll host Jasper on Saturday. Uh, so New Albany has been really, I don't want to say a surprise, but definitely maybe more of an uptick this season, a better situation as far as wins and losses is what I thought it could be here as we enter February. Hey, I, I had the I had the privilege, and I, I do consider the privilege to coach with Coach Shannon uh, for a couple years. And um, I, I was looking recently, and I'm pretty. I think he won 12 sectionals at New Albany. Which, I mean, think about that. I mean, how hard would that be to do for anybody? You know, and um, there's the old saying about replacing a legend. You know how hard that is to do, but uh, Coach Jones has, has exceeded expectations this year. His coaching staff. To be sitting at eleven and three and playing mostly juniors this year, um, and, and they have two winnable games this weekend with Evansville North and Jasper. Um, I, you know, he he has to be be just like I think you were mentioning it earlier on the show, just loving uh, the culture at New Albany, and there's this buzz in the air right now about those middle school guys coming and uh, uh, to have a have a game Hazelwood and Scribner last night with that kind of turnout is something i don't know if you'd see anywhere else uh, you know around the country and it's pretty special what he has going on i said it earlier but man they're fast and they play fast they play fun as of yesterday i think they were the second in the state in scoring this year which makes for a fun game to watch i got to watch their silver creek game uh two teams that are just uh very fun to watch and play play a very fast brand of basketball Talking with uh, Steve Kerberg, Coach, I know we've got a couple other teams we'd like to hit here today, so I want to continue on. Providence 11-3. and um, There are three losses, Indianapolis Cathedral, Jeffersonville, and Brownstown. Um, I tell you what, you take some big-time opponents away, and I've always admired Ryan Miller and Providence for taking on some of these big guys, but uh, that's their only three uh, slip-ups this year. I know Cathedral got a little ugly. I know Jeff really got it going in the second half against Providence and, and put them away. They were fairly tight, 10-11 points, if I remember correctly, with Brownstown, and we'll very likely see them in the sectional here a month or so from now, but another great year for the Pioneers. Yeah, I think if you I think if you split the state's teams up into you know one and two A and then three and four A, and uh, you look at and you consider one and two A the small the small schools. I think if you did that, um, I can't think of myself. I can't think of five teams that are better than Providence in one and two A. You know, so um, uh, that that's just 
you know, their losses against Cathedral, Jeffersonville, and Brownstown. They just happen to be in the same sectional as Brownstown and also Southwestern, who um, who they were able to beat uh, pretty handily earlier in the year, but is actually, I guess, ranked higher than them right now. Um, but but Providence is. I actually ran into Coach Miller the other day. His him and his coaching staff. They, they you know, talk about game planning. You know, if you you call out your set during the game. Their whole coaching staff's yelling out exactly what you're going to do. They're they're the uh, uh, definition of pre- prepar- You know, prepared preparation. You know, going into a game and. They they just do a great job uh, with the the teams that they have, and they're very talented this year with Noah Lovin and uh, several other guys that can really score the basketball, and they're always going to guard you. That's for sure. No question about it. Steve, uh, got to bring up uh, another Providence note. Uh, they take on Christian Academy uh, coming up this weekend. I believe Christian Academy also has Borden soon as well. So some big games coming up for the Warriors, who had a huge win over Paoli last weekend, uh, a good Paoli team. And uh, then again, a big weekend for Christian Academy uh, this weekend. We can't not discuss that. Uh, big things going on there at Christian Academy and uh, a big weekend ahead to see uh, where things are at hanging heading into February. Absolutely. Host Providence on Friday and then at uh, Borden on um, Saturday, uh, sectional opponent. Uh, great win over Paoli. Uh, one lo- of, they were one lost Paoli team and a team that, a Paoli team that played a lot of uh, really good teams around the area. So that was a great win for Christian Academy for sure. Absolutely. Steve Kerberg, my guest. Steve is with us Thursday's Coach Girls Sectionals next week, which are going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to try to make the Lanesville-Borden sectional championship game next Saturday night if I can uh, swing it. And uh, just glad that postseason basketball is here. The girls really kind of set the tone with postseason stuff. The boys will be here before you know it. Can't wait to have you on every Thursday to talk about all this stuff. Absolutely. Should be a great uh, tournament on the girls' side. Uh, Silver Creek's hot right now. I think they've won 11 or 12 in a row right now. Um, that Borden-Lanesville game is just one for could be one for the ages if it happens. And uh, um, just a lot of ex- – it's the best time of the year for sure, Matt. Absolutely. Steve Kerberg with us Thursdays to talk high school basketball. Coach, thank you. We'll talk next week. Hey, have a great week. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. Back with you Friday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.